Well, it is time. We're excited to bring you this segment on Real Presence Live. It's called Straight Talk, and it's your opportunity to share your questions and comments and topics relating to the faith on things happening in the world around us. Our local hosts and our priests, and when we hear the sound, it's time to call 877-795-0122 if you don't have a phone. And hopefully you're not calling while you're driving because the new law goes into effect. Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow. Tomorrow. But hey, hey let's yeah. get into the practice here today. We Why can not? we can also do it on Facebook and send in your question there. So you could go on to that and, and send it in that way. So 877-795-0122. We're waiting for your questions. And Father, we're going to try and stump you. And we're going to talk about also how we can make de- the devil is dumb. And Christ is King, right? <laughs> I love that part. So. Well, yeah, no, I, I always chuckle when I when I hear that. I mean, the, you know, the devil's dumb part. I think Christ is King. There's, you know, yeah, nothing right. really funny about that. But nope. there's something very joyful about that. But you know, you know, I've been thinking a little bit. You know, just you know, again with the the, the road construction and you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, with you know different laws are coming into effect uh, for those in our listening area that uh, uh, aren't in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is starting some new laws mm-hmm. uh, starting August first, where uh, you, you know you can't use uh, a handheld device, where um, you know you can't drive slow in the left lane. Um, I'm I'm kind of happy about that mm-hmm. one. That's that, that's nice. I, I, mean, I try not. Yeah, to speed, you don't need but, to be speeding, but no. I mean like outrageously. But I mean and it's yep. just the flow of the traffic. We had a question a couple of weeks ago about that. Remember? Yep. Uh, you know, can can you is it okay to, to drive five miles over the speed limit. You know, it's, right. <laughs> you're yeah. like, I'm not an authority on this, but I would say you have to judge that for yourself. So. Well, yeah. And I, I mean, I always, I always remember back in uh, driver's ed training uh, where they said, you know, you have the posted speed limit, but there's also the expectation that you go along with the, the flow of traffic. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to uh, create a dangerous uh, exactly. opportunity for, for someone else. But, you know, there, there's all these little things uh, that can kind of get in the way. Yeah. There's all these little things, these little stressors and how in are, life. And how is your mindset? Yeah. And even even during the summer, you know, we, we look at the summer and we think, you know, this is the time where we should be able to relax. This is the time mm-hmm. where life should be a little bit easier. Um, and hopefully it is a little bit easier for everybody out there. Uh, but there are still those stressors Absolutely. in life. And, you know, one of the ways that I think the evil one tries to get at us um, is by getting those little stressors in life or the big stressors nitpicking, uh, yeah. to nitpick us and to um, really, really erode uh, our confidence, uh, mm-hmm. our trust in God. Uh, and those little stressors can bring us more and more to try to trust in ourselves. Trust, but, yeah. you know, for most of us, you know, our, our patience is limited. Yep. Uh, there's only Work so Work on much. those virtues, right? Exactly. And I love the little, even the sign of the cross is a very quick way for us to pull ourselves back into the presence of God. You know, if something's stressing, especially when you're driving, and it's just not good to be angry and and let yourself get uh, invoked in 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 that in letting the evil one come in in that moment. So, just a nice sign of the cross, or maybe Jesus, I trust in you, calling on the the Sacred Heart of Jesus with divine mercy. Just just something I'm just putting out there for people, especially if you're driving. But I mean, it can happen in other situations at work or what have you. But when you're in a car. That can turn dangerous very quickly if you if you get that that uh, invocation from from the evil one and 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 just kind of lose that mindset for a quick 
quick second and don't let that come out. Just say that little prayer, you know, the sign of the cross or, you know, Jesus, I trust in you and let that, let Jesus take over at that wheel, like Carrie Underwood saying, yeah. Jesus, take the wheel for me. I mean, not literally, but help, help me in that moment. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's good to remind ourselves that we are not, you know, totally in charge. Right. Uh, we, you know, we don't we don't have control of everything. But, you know, it's one of the dangers of technology um, mm-hmm. is that it gives the false impression that we are in control. Right. Uh, that we yes, that we do have point. have the ability to, you know, take care of ourselves. We don't have to be concerned right. about about other things because I can take care of everything. Right. I can I, get, I get an answer here or whatever. Right. Yep. yep we have a question that, coming up here, Father. If we. I'll read it to you here. Oh, um, let's see here. Is there some connection between Rachel from the Old Testament as the mother of the 12 tribes of Israel, Jacob's name, and Mary, our mother in heaven? It's a good question. Um, you know, in the, in, the, in, in the scriptural connections uh, that, that we have in the Bible, um, I am not really aware of Rachel coming up uh, as one of those connections uh, between Rachel and Mary. Mm. Um, you know, I, uh, first of all, uh, the, t- the 12 tribes of Israel, the 12 children of Jacob, um, there were four different mothers. Um, mm-hmm. So there were, there were four different mothers of the 12 tribes of, of Israel. And if my memory serves me correctly, Rachel is the mother of Joseph and of Benjamin, mm. uh, the, the two, the two yes. youngest. Yep. And so you know, first, first Jacob, uh, you know, you know Ra- uh, Jacob loved Rachel, um, uh, but he was first, you know, given Leah. Yeah, right. uh, a little bit of a surprise. Uh, uh, but you know, Jacob's name—I'm um, trying to remember exactly what Jacob's name means—deceiver uh, or trickster, Some, uh, something uh, along know, that. I don't recall it. Yeah, but lines. it's like yes, yep. So it's a little bit of repayment uh, that he thinks he's marrying uh, his beloved and ends up getting his beloved's sister. Right. Um, and then there are different circumstances that come up that uh, uh, you know their their handmaids uh, become you know the mother. Of some mm-hmm. of the other children, um, and it always amazes me how you know, when, with you know, four, four mothers in there, and they all seem to stick together. Mm-hmm. That there is some kind of unity uh, in, in in the family. Um, but uh, but as far as that connection between Rachel and Mary, um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I don't know uh, if I've of, ever heard anything of, of, of that too much yeah. in there. You know, the strongest connection that that we hear about in uh, in, in homilies and theological reflections would be the, the connection between Mary and Eve. Uh, so so you know, Eve is the the mother of creation uh, Mary is the mother of the new creation um, uh, that's you know you know the the, the fall was experienced uh, we, you know we just had this in the office of readings uh, uh, I just read it on uh, this last Saturday uh, for the memorial of Mary that you know we have uh, a garden a tree and well, I guess that was Adam. So that's, I'm, I'm missing the connection okay, with, sorry. with Eve, but 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 we, but we still we still do have. Uh, or no, it was, it was, and uh, and the covenant and the covenant too, right? I mean, yep, being the bearer of the ark of the covenant, and that's right, that's right. But there but there are a, you know a few other connections mm-hmm. uh, with, with with Mary. Um, you know, sometimes we see a connection between Mary and Hannah, right? Um, uh, especially with the Magnificat uh, yep. of, of Mary's song of praise, echoing Hannah's song right. of praise, um, which she would have probably read, and she—I mean—that's where she probably got inspiration from. And I mean, she mm-hmm. she was uh, 
with Saint Joachim and and Anne would have been uh, connected to the to the prayers and the and the, and those things that from the Old Testament being Jewish and mm -hmm. uh, you know with the with the law and everything. So that would be normal for her to hear those prayers both in in the I don't do they call did they call the synagogue back then? I don't remember what they called the. The t I mean, there's the yeah. temple, but the, they had well, their the local... Well, in the time of Jesus, right. uh, they would refer to a synagogue. They would have, yep. yeah. Okay, so I mean, you know, you would have been those, that. Those so. started forming after the destruction of the um, temple in right. 587 okay. uh, B.C. So she so. would have had those prayers. She would have known them. She probably knew them by heart because that's yeah. how they learned things. Yeah. Kind of like the Hail Mary and our Father, you know, the things we teach our children, you know, the scriptures. And I wish we would... I wish we would delve more deeply in for our children into the Psalms and into some of the praises and, and the songs of God in the Old Testament. I think that would, but it is what it is. And we did have uh, that Jacob is the supplanter or mm -hmm. uh, one those one on, on the heels the, of others. So I, it's kind of in that deception kind of area that it's tying back to. So kind of, you are on the right track there. But so, yeah. Uh, we're waiting for your questions here for Father. Kind of call us in and maybe stump Father. Give us a question that you've really been struggling with or something that you are wondering about. That was a great question that we had come in. 877 uh, I know you guys are out there. Don't feel like the phone lines are, you know, just call in. Give us your question. We'll get to it as soon as we can. And we need your questions to help Father, you know, teach us about what's going on and you know even something that maybe for uh what we have going on in the world today with some of the things mm -hmm. that are happening uh we just had a priest that was beat up in in the sacristy in poland okay. uh, doing very That's badly yes um there was another one that was stabbed i believe he died so there's there's term there's turmoil and things going on in the world we need to be aware of uh mm -hmm. we don't it, it's not supposed to despair us because we can certainly prayer but you know in prayer but those things are happening and, and we are being uh, persecuted uh, in many other areas we have our own persecutions in our own life we don't probably see them as closely as some people do in other areas of, of the world but so call us call us at 877-795-0122 with your questions for father or go on facebook and send us in a a question there if you're if you're the techie kind of person so <laughs> you know as we're as we were talking earlier about you know some of the stressors in life and how we how we overcome that um you know i, I really think one of the essential ways that jesus has given us is the celebration of the sacraments oh absolutely uh, and um you know, I, I I think we can we can agree that the cell, uh, the sacraments they give us grace, mm -hmm. that they strengthen us, that they encourage us in our faith, and yet, you know, there are periods in our lives where we can kind of feel like we're going through the motions. Right. Uh, we kind of feel like, okay, I've been doing the same thing week in week out for how many years now? And what's different? And, <laughs> and, and what's different? Yeah. You know, how is how is this really affecting me? And you know, on, on the one hand, you know, <laughs> I think we can always say, well, you know. How what would your life be without it? Now that's an unknown. Uh, you know you can't say for sure. Uh, 
you know exactly what that would look like. But I think I think we can say with confidence that without the regular celebration of the sacraments in our lives, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we would not be as good off as we are. But then there are other periods in our lives where you know it's like okay, I really want to be here, but you know I just I just had my sister uh, uh, over. Um, oh, you know she fun. she lives out of yep. state and she has six kids and mm-hmm. they they test their parents. Yes, uh, so they as, were all here. Children with do you? they? Yeah. They were all awesome. here and. Um, you know, I I remember when when my sister was pregnant with her first child, she was talking with a friend, and and her friend said, "Yeah, just plan on not really, you know, understanding everything that's going on at mass for the next at least twenty years. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, that that's 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 kind of what's going to be what's going right. to be happening here. And and she has experienced that in in some ways. They have a system, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where um, you know every now and then uh, one will uh, go to mass, and the other stays at stays at home, take care of the kids, and uh, then the other uh, the other will bring the kids to another mass mm-hmm. um, you know just to just to give a little bit more of an opportunity but but sometimes those experiences can just be frustrating for you know you know for those those who have the children it's like okay I mm-hmm. keep bringing my kids and you know their behavior is not improving and uh, you know is, is this really doing anything yes. yes absolutely it is yes it is and it's a witness it to other people in the in the church that the church is alive and that we need this. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to discipline. We've talked about this before. You know, you want to teach your children the proper respect and reverence. But they're children. They're going to, I mean, they're going to need times when you have to take them out or whatever, uh, you know, or you're going to try to do something in the pew. You could, people have to recognize that, too. And it's a grace. It's, it means that we're community. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we welcome this when we do our baptism, right, with our children. Yeah. But you don't just say uh, to the fa- uh, the father and mother, you know, you're going to take care of this and you're going to do all of it. No, you ask the whole, especially when it's done in inside the liturgy, you ask mm-hmm. the entire congregation, I, are I you remember. willing? Are I, you willing to help out here? I remember being at a, a baptism. I was uh, probably in my late teens. And uh, and it really hit me that particular day when when we were asked to you know you know do we reject Satan and all his works all mm-hmm. his every promises do you believe in God the Father and and I just felt that connection I mean I didn't know the kid but I, I felt like you know I've got a responsibility right uh, to this to this mm-hmm. kid to you know to bear witness but even as much as we have that call to bear witness you know I I, I know I know there's a lot of young families out there that have the same receive the same uh, response mm-hmm. that. That's my family received when we moved into a uh, new parish, and you know I was three years old, so I don't remember this myself. Right. But, but my parents remember. You know, they got the glare. Yeah, uh, they're right. like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you have to come here with all these kids, and this is going to disrupt my prayer, and 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 that that can be tough. You know, you were mentioning right. some of the persecution that we experience in the church, but but sometimes a lot of times the persecution is you know it's much more subtle, right. um, and it, it's just those little things that make us feel like you know we don't belong here, we're not welcome, uh, yes. but you are. You know, Another place for those that are, and I don't want to scold anybody, I'm just saying those that have that, maybe it's a little spot for them to do a sign of the cross or Jesus, help mm-hmm. me trust in you that this is important, that this family is here. Rather than, rather than getting upset about your own prayer, that you be, make that a part, part of your prayer, right? Yep. So we have a question here, Father, on Facebook from Ben. Father, what is, uh, sorry, what is it that gives you the most hope in our church today? Very good question. Oh, that is a good question. I'm, I'm going to take it from two angles here because um, uh, I, I think it's, in some ways this is probably what you, what, what you want. Uh, but first of all, I mean, it's the church of Jesus Christ. 
Jesus Christ himself, yeah. You know, I mean, we, we are the mystical body of Christ. Uh, you know, we are the, we are the members um, you know, of, of his body. We, mm-hmm. You know, the hands, the feet, the eyes, the, the mouth. I mean, we, we all make up this body of Christ, um, but it is the body of Christ. Right. And the simple fact that the church comes from Jesus... We mess up. Mm-hmm, absolutely. We, we, we yeah. have a, a strong history mm-hmm. uh, of messing up. Uh, but it is the church of Jesus Christ, and, and Jesus keeps calling us back. You know, there's, there, there's that image in, uh, in, in the Old Testament in particular that we hear about over and over again, you know, the, of, you know, um, you know, calling uh, the children back. Uh, we hear in the scriptures about you know this the hen, uh, you know, watching yes, over yes. her brood, Brood-ish, bringing yes. them in. We see the the father uh, of the prodigal son mm-hmm. rushing out to cloak, uh, give him a cloak uh, and the ring. Yes. Yeah. So uh, you know, the fact that this is the Church of Jesus Christ um, gives me an incredible amount yeah. of hope. But it, but it also it takes the weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Uh, that's, I'm not yeah, alone I'm, in this. Yeah, I'm not alone. I don't have to be the Savior. Yeah. You know, so that certainly uh, gives me a lot of hope. Um, you know, I, I think the other thing uh, that, that probably gives me uh, a, a lot of hope is, you know, when I, when I celebrate Mass... I, on Sunday, I look out, and I, I can't tell you what the you know what what the the largest uh, group what the largest age group is in church. Now, uh, I know you know in some larger cities um, that's going to be a little bit different than mm-hmm. some of the farming communities. Uh, some farming communities are, are doing just fine. Um, I know of many farming communities in southern Minnesota uh, that you know people are moving to the bigger towns. Right, uh, they're they're moving out of the country. But that started, you know, 50, 60 years right. ago. I remember yeah. talking to uh, um, someone who's about retirement age now uh, that she, her dad would drive her around and he'd say, oh, that, that family used to have six kids and there aren't any kids there now. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that farm used to have two families and, you know, five and six. And um, now it's one, one family that's mm-hmm. there. And so, I mean, the, you know, that exodus of the, uh, the rural area uh, has started a long yes. time ago. I do see some of it coming back, though, and some of the some of the farming communities and people moving back into the smaller communities. And uh, but I I do understand what you're talking about, Father. But there is some growth in some of the other areas, and there is and there is some people that are going back into farming. So that's a Absolutely. great that's great news. Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't think that uh, that movement from the farming communities into the cities is a perpetual movement. That it's permanent. Right. Um, I, I do think there's more and more people in the city that are saying, really, is this all that's cracked up to be? I exactly. Don't, I don't want to walk on concrete you know, you right. know, for 30 days before I and then walk they, on yeah. dirt. You know, they, they want to get out. Or going to, back to their roots, maybe, yep. you know, to some degree. Maybe not going back into farming completely, but at least going back to the small town and saying, this is really what I want. And I'm going to make some sacrifices to move away from the city yeah. so yeah i mean that's just that's that's great to to see that and i was just out at saint charles Borromeo uh, with father Buren and and mm-hmm. and it's a vibrant oh, yeah. uh, you know it's a smaller town but it's a, a farming community and and he has iota too so uh, it, it's just great to see good solid catholic families that are out there and and they're on fire for the church too so yeah you know i think one other thing that gives me a, a lot of hope um is you know, as you know, the church has been shrinking, and it has in the United States oh, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think there's there's any question about that. I think it has awakened within us 
the need for evangelization. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it started because we thought, hey, we don't want to see numbers shrink. We want to see numbers grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever the reason is, evangelization should be something that is part of our bones. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's, part, of, that's part of the Christian life. Um, you know, I, I almost feel sometimes like we have the mentality that, w- that existed between uh, Catholicism and Protestantism, Protestantism for so long that you know, Catholics have the sacraments and Protestants have the Bible. Yeah. And so Catholics would stay away from the Bible, but no. but we have both. <laughs> exactly. I think there's also a sense sometimes that you know, it's like you know, Catholics have uh, our, our, our rituals and evangelicals have their evangelization. No, we have both. Exactly. Uh, and both of them are valuable. Yes. Well, I'm Michael Goldsmith. I'm with Father Will Thompson here in Rochester at St. James Coffee. We have a great crowd here. If you have a question for Father, 877 or on Facebook, you can send us in a question on Facebook. We have a question here from a, a Facebook uh, listener. Hello, I'm Catholic. I am wondering the difference of what not... The difference or what not between Roman Catholic and Vietnamese Catholics. It would be nice to see Vietnamese culture at church, right? This would be a question that probably be better for my parochial vicar. Uh, yes. Uh, Father Tay Hong uh, uh, is Vietnamese in, in his heritage, born here in the U.S., but both of his parents are, are from Vietnam. Um, so, you know, with him, and I've got a classmate uh, who, uh, who's Vietnamese, um, I just have known uh, people from Vietnam mm-hmm. uh, throughout my life. So, um, you know, yeah, there, there is something great about it and uh, about, about the Vietnamese culture. Uh, I've, I've been in some parishes where they, um, they have, you know, some bigger celebrations for Our Lady Lavang, mm-hmm. um, uh, Marian apparition right there in Vietnam. Um, you know, I mean, this doesn't necessarily affect our faith, but uh, they make wonderful egg rolls. Um, <laughs> yes, and, they do. Uh, you know, there's you know, you know having that culture uh, pre- present in the, in the yes. parish, it, it lifts lifts us up. The first parish that I was at uh, had a, a strong Hispanic population and also a pretty strong Vietnamese population, mm-hmm. and it was always remarkable at the uh, the annual. A parish festival that they would they would come together and yeah. uh, they would have a significant presence and and I think that a lot of the Anglo's who were there just thought you know this is this is wonderful yeah. and sometimes they didn't realize right. uh, that that those those cultures were present in the parish. Um, now, you know, the, having the Vietnamese culture present in every Catholic church, um, you know, isn't probably going to be helpful because they're. They're not necessarily right. everywhere, right. Uh, but where they are present, I've I've found them to be uh, just very warm. Uh, you know, always greeting uh, me as they come in and go out. Um, it took me a while, but I learned how to say the body of Christ uh, in in Vietnamese, mm-hmm. and and they just they just love it. You know, yeah, they they love it when I say it, even though I'm sure I'm still messing it up. Right. Uh, um, but, but bringing that culture in um, bring really tells us of of the. Of what the word Catholic means, right? Yeah. Universality. The body of Christ is throughout wor- the world. We are called to evangelize to every creature of... That's what Jesus Christ gave us as his mm-hmm. mission before he left, along with teaching the, and, and, and bringing the sacraments in, and, and the church has grown from that. And it's yep. been... I mean, that's what we are sending out missionaries. We are always finding... We need to go to all corners of the earth. So when we find that, and embracing that, I mean, you could talk to any missionary and probably really gain a lot from if you would go back and read some of the missionary saints mm-hmm. uh, and their lives about the beauty of coming into a culture and and then 
infusing yourself in that and and making Catholicism come into that and binding it together. We're seeing that probably more and more today because we're able, to, we're so freely to move back and forth. Mm-hmm. I've been to masses and stuff. I may not understand what's going on as far as words go, but I know what's going on in the mass mm-hmm. because that's universal. Right. And so, you know, the culture... You can bring that with you if you Im- immigrate to some place, and and you will, and, and that culture can come in there. But you also have to, uh, you know, infuse yourself into the culture that's already there too. So the beauty goes both ways in, mm-hmm. in both of that. I don't I don't want to, you know, with that question, I don't want to put you know anything yeah. on that. But no, you know what I, I'm saying. And I, I want to clarify a little bit too. You know, part of the question was what's the difference. Yeah, between, right, right, between right. Roman Catholic and Viet, uh, a Vietnamese Catholic, and uh, in my experience, most Vietnamese Catholics are Roman Catholic. Yes, they have a different language. Uh, you know, they might have some different, um, um, you know, popular religion. Mm-hmm. You know, as we have the Rosary, and um, uh, we have the Stations of the Cross, mm-hmm. and we have some different things. But different cultures have different uh, expressions of popular religion. Um, so that 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 can be out there, um, and different prayers like and and. Saint that they that they adore and and uh, ask for intercession with. I mean, you know, there's certain ones that are universal, of course. But uh, we have another question here. We have uh, Marion sent in an email regarding the con- contraception discussion. I want to s- say NFP will work only if a husband will abide by it after having given birth to babies who were only 11 months apart because he only wanted his needs and desires met. I took the pill since I became seriously dehydrated with continued vomiting for many months. I believe a woman needs to be able to do what is necessary to be a good mother. Yeah, no, that's that's a difficult situation. Um, you know, there's... Uh, there, there's a, a lot uh, that has been written about uh, just the, the mindset, you know, mm-hmm. that, that comes in with, with NFP. Um, and, you know, as, as, as she points out, it's, it's not as simple, you know, as you think. Right. It's not as simple as, you know, I mean, for, for many years it was, you know, the rhythm method. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes there's still that, that mentality. Um, but even with some of the more scientific forms of natural family planning that are available right now, um, you know, it is still possible to have, you know, that contraceptive mentality mm-hmm. that goes along with it. And one of the great challenges with NFP is one of the great challenges that goes with marriage. It takes two. Two, right. It's, along it, with it having Christ two. as a center, yep. Yep. And and so, you know, I, I, I would just encourage a, a continued growth in the, the awareness of, uh, you know, some of the purposes of mm-hmm. marriage, so the, some of the purposes of the marital act. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's you know I I think in our world not just our culture right here but in our world uh, there there is a growing disconnect between the marital act and the natural right. results uh, of that of, mm-hmm. of, of having children right um, but but you can you, know, you can approach natural family planning just like you approach the pill or condoms or you know any other sort of birth control um, that it's simply a way of avoiding birth um, but that's you know, that that's not all that there is to it, uh, but there is that invitation to uh, you know prayerfully consider right. the spacing of births, prayerfully consider um, how it is that you are entering into union uh, with each other. That it's not you know it's not just to be able to have your needs right. met. 
And that is part of the, the sacrament of marriage that the Catholic Church asks of you is to be open to children. I mean, that is part of the sacrament, and, and you want to be, but this gives you the way to work together without the need of, uh, of medical things. Now, the Church teaches that the pill in itself is not it's intrinsically evil, and that if, if medically needed, it can, it can be applied. It's whether you're using it to actually uh, c consciously mm -hmm. avoid pregnancy. That's where, that's where the church teaches is different. You know, a lot of people don't understand that we're not, you know, condoms, of course, are, uh, that, that in, in its teaching is because that's just stopping the act, even during the act. Well, mm -hmm. the pill may be needed for somebody medically. It was, that's what it was. But, and so the church teaches that, that it's, it's not intrinsically evil in itself, but how it is applied. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I hope that maybe puts a little bit of light on that as far as that. I know it's not that simple. I've gone through it and with my wife, and we've done it. And it, and it takes commitment from both sides. Yep. And that's what a marriage is all about. If you're having trouble with that in your marriage, then maybe you need to seek some help, you know, with a priest or some other marital counseling so that you can work through that communicational gap. You know, because there's something going on that's more than just he wants his desires met. There's something else got to be, you know, there's there's always that, you know, and and I don't know the situation of this person, and I'm not certainly going to get into that, but, I mean, there's always that way that you can connect with your priest and help, you know, or maybe go on to something where somebody specifically uh, inclined. There's many, many Catholic uh, mm -hmm. people that are out there to help you. Yeah, no, and I don't want to, um, you know, belittle uh, the situation it's it, it is it is difficult mm -hmm. um, but I think one of the paths forward can be looking at what are some other expressions of intimacy mm -hmm. uh, what are some other ways that needs can be met um, you know aside from the marital act because you know later in life there will be times you know whether because of travel or health um, that that won't be possible right. but that need for intimacy is still there Marion thanks for the question yes. uh, you know uh, prayers for you yes um, this you know it's it's, it's, it's not difficult easy. it does take two uh, to make make uh, the marriage work as yes. well as possible. Well, thanks to everybody for those who called in and wrote in questions. Reminder, reminder that this happens every day at 930 Central, uh, Monday through Friday. 